Recording? I'm recording on my end. All right. All right, you're steering the ship this time, my dude. <laughs> That's right. I have I have full power. I have I have uh editing power. I have What other powers do I have? Total control. Control. Uh, no, no, now you get to see what I go through, and you'll get to listen to yourself talk even more than uh, you do already. Oh, no. This and is not what I signed up for. It'll be amazing. You'll get to listen to your wonderful voice. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. Um, no need to edit your track, though, if you make no mistakes. That's right. And uh, there have been, I think we've had like two episodes so far where... I didn't have to do a single thing as far as editing. Wow. I didn't have to cut anything. Because you know how, how edgy and controversial we get on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, there have been, been a couple where I didn't have to cut out any coughs or any uh, like awkward Ooh. pauses or anything. Ooh. So, you know, we're really getting this podcasting thing down, down pat. So I think this is a good point for you to jump in and take control. Yes, yes. Thank you for finally trusting me with the reins on this one. Hey, I've trusted you all along. I just figured that um, I couldn't, like, push you in and make you swim on your own until you (laughs) were comfortable or we got to this point where there's no excuse now. Yes, yes, thank you. We're in the we're in the shallow end now. (laughs) We're past we're past all the rough waters when we first started. Um, Uh, So you can uh, you can swim without assistance now. Yes, yes. All right, so um, we were talking for quite a bit before we got on mics, and we kept having to push stuff off until recording so that we could make sure that the fans get to uh, get the full experience. So I was going to say, tell me about this self-balancing robot that you were going to build. You know what? Uh, First, I got to say, I think we really need to start recording the pre-show because that's just where all the good stuff happens. The problem is that's also where, like, we have, like, complete free speech and we we can't you know we can't be saying all the things we do off mic on mm. mic so mm. it's it's just such valuable content but then yeah. also just like you know we're just so edgy and controversial yeah. in real life now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay yeah so uh yeah so project updates i guess uh well i am uh kind of in the midst of a whole bunch of projects when you think of one then you just like start thinking of more that you want to make and Mm. there's just there's always too many projects and too little time so true you know something about that preach brother (laughs) (laughs) so yes i still have a my crossbow project my medieval crossbow is a working project in in progress my r2d2 project which i mentioned uh on a previous episode that i want to make that is also a in progress project now it officially is in progress because i did 3d print some uh some different pieces for the dome i I printed uh, a couple of these holo uh projectors Mm. and a couple other things i don't have them on my desk right now but just little bits and bobs that go on the the dome of r2 uh man i just always amazed when i 3d print something like i'm holding it here right now and it it feels so solid like like it's just amazing that you you can 3d print the stuff anyways uh we've kind of geeked out about 3d printing before so i won't i won't carry on about this uh yeah so i was digging through some of my old uh just bins of like electronics parts and stuff and i came across an unfinished Arduino project. Uh, an Arduino, it's just, uh, it's basically a microcontroller. Uh, it's popular, popular brand name. Uh, everyone calls them Arduinos. Um, but they're, they're easy to program, uh, write C code to run on them, and they're pretty easy to kind of create plug-and-play type projects. They're easy to easy to wire up stuff like that so i found the beginnings of my two-wheel balancing robot project and uh i'm really excited uh because i had kind of forgotten about it honestly and uh i'm really excited because i want to finish this uh basically i think uh what stopped me at the time was 
I didn't really have a great way to build out the frame uh, because I have the motors at the bottom. These aren't, they're not steppers. They're, uh, I think they're, they're just regular old DC motors, but they have like a, a, almost like a counter in there. Uh, basically gives, tells you the position the motor's at, mm. I think. Uh, and and I, I, I have that. Uh, but I need to uh, kind of build out the frame to hold all the other components. I've got like a, the Arduino itself, which is the main brains. And then I've got a couple other boards. I've got a shield for the Arduino for the motors. And then a few other different sensors. i got like an inertial measurement unit sensor. And a couple others that will be used for the, act the actual balancing. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was pre-3D printer. Uh, era for me. I didn't. I didn't have access to one at the time. But uh, now that we have one, I can totally go ahead and finish this project, um, finish the hardware aspect, uh, and then get onto the programming, which is should be pretty fun. Um, should be a good challenge too. There's there's plenty of these kinds of projects on the internet, but uh, you know, self balancing I, type projects. Yeah, like yeah, electronics? it's. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you see them, you can find them on YouTube and, like, on, like, Instructables and, like, uh, basically guides how to build them, both the electronics as well as the code. But I'm, the code, I think, would be a fun challenge on my own, so I'm, I'm not going to look at anything online. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so I, I found that project, and I'm, I'm really excited to finish it. So, unfortunately, I'm just, like, knee-deep in school right now so i i don't know don't know how quickly i'll move through my projects this semester but yeah so is this a um like a kit that you started building off of that you got the motors and the wheels out of or no so the the motors and the wheels <laughs> and actually i think the probably this one board that came with it uh purchased off ebay ebay is <laughs> It, it, they were new, but like I think it was probably like a Chinese seller on eBay. I kind of used to joke with my family about uh, how much I love China because uh, me just being a poor broke college student, I love to buy all the cheap electronics they sell on eBay. And uh, this, I think, was was one of those things. So the the motors and the wheels that kind of came up came with the hardware necessary to connect them and. Hmm. Just take off some of the, the, uh, I guess burden there to to get those uh, set up. But uh, no, it's it's not it's not a kit at all. It's just parts that I bought that I knew I would need, and uh, just gonna build together kind of from scratch. So, yeah. Nice. So, what uh, prompted you to start this project? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Well, uh, so it was after I got an Arduino, uh, and I really love the Arduino. It's so cool. In fact, I on my desk right now, I, I have a, an Arduino Nano uh, running and controlling some LED strips behind my desk for some cool uh, ambience. Uh, but I think it... Uh, it, it I wanted a moving robot platform, right? That that could move around and I could later add sensors for different kinds of obstacle avoidance and stuff and be able to navigate through, through a house. But uh, it, it's just a really, it's a cool platform to do that on. Like, so I mean, you could do like a four-wheeled robot, which is obviously nothing to that, no balancing required. You could do a walking robot, which is incredibly complex. Uh, and uh, there's, I've seen like ball, like wheel, rolling robots, uh, like the the BB-8 Star Wars mm. droid, which I think would also be awesome to build. I uh, was gonna suggest when you're talking about building R2D2 that you build one of those, but I think so many people have done them recently that they're not as cool as an actual R2D2. Plus, I think R2D2 is a little more complex and interesting. Yeah, yeah. BB-8 is smaller and therefore I think would be harder to work in, uh, especially just setting up any electronics. I'd ra I'd honestly rather uh, be building a bigger droid because it's it's easier to access everything. But so yeah, so uh, it's just uh, something I saw online and something that I wanted to do. So 
uh, I thought, hey, I can build a two-wheeled balancing robot if everyone else can, so just added it to the list of projects to work on whenever I get time. There you go. I've got a whole list of things in my notes app of things that I want to do at some point. So if I'm ever thinking, oh, I wonder what project I should work on next, I can scroll through there and take a look. You know, I've been doing that too. And I I think, did I mention this on the last episode, how much I, I, I've started using my notes app because I, I, could, I would forget things I want to talk about here and that then I just felt like a, a failure at podcasting if I couldn't remember. So <laughs> I'm helping my brain out, writing stuff down. And yes, I've, uh, I have a projects list idea that it's already too big, uh, <laughs> but it's, I guess it's better to be bigger than too small. So yeah, uh, what's been going on with you? Um, well, I had one more question about the robot before we get to me. Oh, um, yes. Okay. So you said it doesn't have stepper motors. No. What is it using for a position sensor then? Uh, it's So it's built into these DC motors. Uh, that was another, I think, reason I got this uh, like off, off, off eBay rather than trying to build this from scratch. Um, so they're, this, they're, they're regular DC motors, that, but they have a gearbox built in mm-hmm. and... Inside that gearbox, I believe there is some kind of, uh, I keep wanting to say counter, but uh, it's, I don't know the technical term for it, uh, but they do have a sensor built into them. So it's not the same as a stepper motor. I don't think you can tell it to, you know, turn to specific position, but it does uh it does have some kind of sensing in there which is required because you need some sort of way to to know you know it, which way it's it's turning so that you can counteract that if you're just trying to stabilize uh so i, I unfortunately can't answer that cuz i bought this so long ago but uh i, I will find out when i cuz i'm going to have to i guess pull up documentation on that for wiring that up but mm-hmm. That's about as much as I know right now. Yeah, I'm just curious if it has like some kind of optical sensor or if it, I suppose even if it's not a step. Ah, uh, an, still... an encoder. I think that's what it is. Mm, okay, uh, yeah. Um, I know some, like I have some uh, DC motors for treadmill that had a little disc on them with a hole in and that disc would spin, and as the hole went past the optical sensor, it could tell you how fast it was going. But I would think uh, for a balancing robot, it would have to be so much more precise. And you would think yeah. you'd have to have a stepper motor so it could tell it, go exactly this far or exactly that far. Yeah, I... <laughs> I you know... I'm not building this off a kit, so <laughs> so there's no guarantees this is actually uh, the thing I need. I'm pretty sure I've seen some people build them with these types of uh, just geared DC motors with stepper with uh with encoders. Uh, but I also have seen the the ones with steppers. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Um, it's good. It's a good question that I guess I'll find out as I build this and who knows, maybe I would have to swap this out for a stepper motor. Mm. So I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there are those, there are the segways that you can, you know, a person can stand on. It's uh, two yeah. side by side wheels that uh-huh. balance themselves. And then there are the smaller versions that don't have the handle that are more, they're they stole the <laughs> name and called them hoverboards. They're not actually hoverboards. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed that they took that name for when actual hoverboards get invented someday. I, I bet they got a lot of sales, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they did. But um, there's also another one. I think there's there's some called a, like a mono wheel, where it's rather than a wheel on each side, it's one big wheel between your okay. legs, mm-hmm. and you stand on each side of the wheel. And so you're you're responsible for balancing side to side, kind of almost okay. like a unicycle except you're not sitting, you're standing. Um, and then you just lean forward to go forward, lean back to go back. And we have some friends that have a couple of them. And those guys can just hop on those things and ride them around like nothing. Like I saw some of their kids riding one through the yard 
one of the kids was probably like eight years old riding this thing and pulling a wagon behind her. Like, <laughs> it's just so amazing how once you, you know, just watching these people, once their brains kind of figured out how to do it, they can do it without thinking. And these things can go like 30 miles on a charge, a full charge. Ooh. Because they nice. were talking about the research and stuff they did before buying them and making sure they got good ones. They were they were going on a trip once and taking their camper, and they were talking about, well, what if the camper breaks down and we need to get to town? And they're like, well, you know, we have the the one wheels. <laughs> I think is what they're call, they call them, uh, one wheels. And they were actually considering them as a legitimate form of transportation to get so to town if their it, vehicle broke down. If if they have multiple ones and and they and they were too far out, you could carry one with you. <laughs> Yeah, so if you if you needed to cover sixty miles instead of thirty, or just a spare battery instead yeah. of a whole other unit, but um, so I've I would love to have one of these. They're fascinating and they're fast too. I think they go like twenty miles an hour. Dude, um, that's kind of scary though. Yeah, they're they're like scary <laughs> fast, um, and just crazy powerful. I've seen them ride them through soft grass, up hills, over bumps and stuff, and so they're like fifteen hundred dollars, and there's. No way I'm going to be able to afford that for a long time. Hopefully the prices come down eventually, but um, I'll probably be buying them for my kids someday thinking, man, I wish I had one of these when I was a kid. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so me being the, the maker that I am thought about that, like I would really love to make one of those. And that's that's what I, I was so excited oh. about your Lego or your Lego balancing robot project is that that's just a, a scaled down version of the same thing. So it's yeah. a one wheel. So you 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 balance the left and right. Um, I guess you would call that roll. So then you have the pitch back and forward that the computer has to control. So you lean forward to get it to go faster. So I think it's not necessarily even balancing itself. It's just providing enough driving force to keep the wheel underneath of you as you lean forward. Huh. And same for goes for backwards. And then there's a, uh, I, I guess, some runaway sensors. So if you fall off and it's still, like, upright and running, it'll like, can you, itself. Can you imagine you fall off and you, and you see your one wheel just, just driving off? Just <laughs> running down the road, yeah, oh, 20 man. miles an hour. Um, so there's that. And then there's also, I think, a... What like if it tips though. over after a certain point sideways, it uh, it'll shut off. Or if it goes too far forward or backwards, pretty much if it okay. tips over, it'll shut off. So the wheel's not spinning. So you'd have to have a, a position sensor there. That could easily be done with a just a real basic switch. You know, once it tips to a certain point, it just closes the contact yeah. and shuts it off. So then you'd really only have to have and i don't know if you would do this with some kind of an accelerometer or if you could simply do it with a switch that could tell you what angle you're at and then it would just you know provide inputs to your microcontroller and tell the motors how much current to provide um as we talked about on a previous podcast i now am the proud owner of my own lathe and i could make most if not all of the parts for that's this cool so i was i was even getting like inspired to build this thing i had some designs in mind so it's a big wheel and what mm -hmm. came to mind immediately is okay how do you get motors that are powerful enough to turn this big wheel that aren't going to be big and clunky so what came to mind is what uh, some like ceiling fans have this kind of motor but then also my washing machine has this motor where it is the it's a very Rather than being a long motor, like you see with in most situations, it's pretty much flattened down into like a pancake, so it's much wider, but it's not very long. It's probably, I don't know, inch and a half long, but then okay. wide, it's got a huge radius. Mm -hmm. And um, I wish I remembered all my motor terminology, but, you know, it's got different poles to work with the electromagnets and stuff. I think it's got permanent magnets around the outside, and then, of course, the middle is alternating electromagnets. Okay. And then they act against each other. So my idea was to put that inside the wheel, and then you'd have permanent magnets affixed to the frame of the thing, and you'd have to have some just brushed, like probably some brushed, brushed contacts to get the electricity to go through. 
um, to the inner wheel. I guess there are brushless motors, so you probably wouldn't even necessarily need that. Yeah. Although, yeah, in this case, you well, probably would because it's the inner part that's spinning that's electrified, uh, and the permanent magnets are on the outside. So if you did it the other way around, you could probably get away with that. Well, um, so I'm wondering, are you going to need the encoder aspect of this? Yeah, so that's that's really what's hanging me up here is how exactly do you tell it what position you're in? Is it can it do you have does it have to know where the motor is or the wheel, um, or does it have to just know what angle you're at? Yeah, you know that's interesting because as I'm thinking about it right now, unless you you know want to like let's say you push the robot and want it to come back to its previous position, because uh-huh. like, I've seen little demos of that. Then you would need to know, you know, what the motors are doing. That's your only kind of feedback on where you are in in space. Mm-hmm. But for just balancing, I would think all you need is just a sensor to tell you the, the tilt that you're at. Now, I do wonder, because uh, I'm assuming that this is, this is pretty flat, right? It's probably no higher than your shoe would go, right? Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, like, like um, so the what you're talking about, you have a big wheel in the middle, and then just mm-hmm. like two plates, I guess that you stand on either side of it. Oh yeah, so you're probably, I don't know, six inches off the ground. Yeah, so it's like I'm wondering, <clears throat> you can also, uh, you can also bend at your ankles, right? So. Hmm. The 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 angle that the your the foot platform is at, for lack of better words, what you're standing on, mm-hmm. that angle does not necessarily represent uh a you know the angle that you're at, which yeah. would need a stable position. So it's almost like you need something like higher up, like on your chest or in your pocket or something, uh, with the sensor that that says where your body's at. To give a more accurate uh, reading of, I think that's where here. the balancing part comes in. You have to just design the wheel so that it wants to return to a position that is comfortable for you to stand on. I think. Um, yeah. See, there's also the aspect of training your body to be able to ride this. Yeah. So now the other problem I'm working through is like, okay, you lean forward to go forward, and then it comes back under you. Well, then the angles changed back so it would slow down again. So how do you tell it that you still want to keep going forward? I don't think there are any pressure switches in the, uh, for lack of a better word, floorboards. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, 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 the little platforms you stand on. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's really just based off of the angle. So I, I think it can, it's a pretty subtle angle, but you'd want to find an angle that is comfortable uh, for you know standing for extended periods of time. Yeah, uh, so th- this is reminding me. I actually rode uh, segways <laughs> back. Be- I feel like segways were probably the first, uh, like, kind of two wheel balancing, uh, human rideable <laughs> uh, devices. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I, they, as far back as I can remember, it was segways, like. That was the thing that like police were riding around at like airports and stuff, and mm. and, and then since then, yeah, you see all these different, more, more marketed towards the, the average consumer, all these different kinds of one wheel and two wheel things that can be ridden indoors and outdoors. But I rode Segways once. It was at a museum, a science center, I think. Yeah, not a museum, a science center. Uh, and it was just a, we got to ride for like five minutes around a loop. And it was cool, but it was surprisingly uncomfortable. And so the segways, they're the ones that have the, the bars that come out of the the platform you're riding on. Mm-hmm. So they, they come all the way up and, and they, when you lean forwards to go forwards, because it, it, was, it was a lean type of thing. Uh, mm. Unless there were foot foot pressure sensors, but I'm pretty sure you leant forwards. The bar 
it really presses into your chest. Like the entire, the entire uh, segue feels like it's trying to defy the fact that you want to lean forwards, which makes mm. sense. It's trying to keep you from falling over, but it, it felt like you could never go anywhere because when you try to lean forwards to go forwards, then it just pushes you back. So it, I remember it being very uncomfortable to ride, uh, to say the least. And granted, I was only on it for probably like five minutes, but it, I don't know. It's interesting. So it does make me wonder, like, what kind of, uh, what would the balancing system need to be? Is it is it just trying to balance and then push you back to center? And yeah. it, does it push you harder the, the further out you lean? And that also makes me wonder, like, you know, how much does it need to be, you know, maybe are we overcomplicating it and it's actually part of it is just, you know, the human learning to ride. Because it's riding some of these balancing things, I'm, you know, is not, doesn't come automatically. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that uh, it's nice that these companies have all of this <laughs> money to throw at uh, research and development. So it's almost like, is it even worth trying to build this? Because there's going to be so much trial and error, and I still have no guarantee that it's going to work. But I'm seeing these things uh, on YouTube. They're called One Wheels, where it's a single wheel, and it's got a little platform on the front and back. So it's almost like a skateboard with one big wheel in the middle. That's not exactly what I want to build, but I think that the uh, concept is the same. In my case, you'd be standing on either side of the wheel with the wheel between your legs. And then... I think I've seen those. So they... It's it's like uh, you're standing kind of sideways, right? Because you're riding it like a skateboard. It's mm-hmm. got the one on the, in the center. On the other kind. The one that I yeah. want to build, you're standing, standing straight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the skateboard style sounds safer to me because it, it just feels like there's less risk of just face planting into the ground in front of you when you're cruising along. Mm. But... Because, I, I don't know, I think probably because your other leg is kind of more out in front of you, and you'd be able to maybe save yourself that way. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> either kind would be cool. I I love that the fact that they make those kind of outdoor uh, rugged enough that you can ride them around on, like, grass and stuff. And they yeah. have enough power. The one that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I think just seems like it's a little more precision whereas these other ones just seem kind of bulky and i've seen people videos of people riding them and they just um i don't know it seems like they scrape the platforms a lot on the ground whereas these the ones i'm yeah. talking about are more more elegant i guess <laughs> That's the way okay I would them. so okay so w- what should i look up here so i can actually see what you're talking about because i just googled one wheel and the only results i see are the the skateboardy looking one um, electric unicycle is probably the best bet for. Ah, okay. Electric. The unicycle. specific brand that our friends have um, is King Song. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, what? Sorry, what was it? King Song, K I N G S O N G. All right. And uh, at least that was the first brand that they bought, and they really liked. I was scrolling down here, and uh, these things actually wow, have. Wow, that's weird. They come with decorative LEDs where you can change the color and flashing scheme. So you've of already course. got that down, Pat, from your uh, from your desk project. Yeah. Um, they come with a headlight and a taillight for your driving after dark. And then they come with speakers, and you can connect your Bluetooth and listen to music. Okay, that's riding. weird. <laughs> and then I was scrolling down, and they sell parts. A tire is $45, $22 for the inner tube. And then they've got uh, the pedals, they call them, which would be the little platform you stand on, $49. A little pricey. Uh, the battery is $480. So, you know, just uh, just some pocket change there. Uh, uh, wait, the tire, though. I thought the tire was actually a lot cheaper than I would have expected. Yeah, I thought that was crazy cheap. They don't seem to sell rims, though. So uh, I could get a tire and an inner tube and turn my own rim, potentially. The the one I'm looking at here, it's got like these fancy shock absorbers in there too. This cross section I see. 
Hmm, I don't know what photo. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the very first one on their website. Uh, I'm just on Google Images, but yeah, it's, oh, it's on their website. Yeah, if you're on their website, um, that one's $1,899. And oh. Yeah, it looks like it's got shock absorbers built into it. I have no idea what they do because the other ones don't, but apparently they just give you a smoother ride. Um, but yeah, I would love to have one of these. This is like the kid in me wanting this cool toy <laughs> that I'll probably never be able to afford, but I would love to make my own. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I'm at on that. That's It's just an idea at this point, but I'd love to make it a reality at some point. So that's patreon.com. You know, I'm I'm surprised how slim these are. Mm-hmm. It's just when, such a before such an I googled design. it. Yeah, it it's amazing that they can just pack everything into this, and it being you know you said thirty mile range, and mm-hmm. and I'm seeing shock absorbers on this one, and just being able to pack all that in and still make it like a rugged outdoor vehicle like that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they. These things look like they can take quite a bit of abuse from what I've seen our friends riding them through and over. Um, and then I guess to to move them along, there's a handle in the middle that you can just pull up. And if you just want to walk with it, you just grab that handle and tilt it forward slightly and it'll just roll along with you. So not only do you have to control the... Um, it, you have to be able to control when you lean forward, you have to be able to control the speed... It's not just getting it to move forward when you lean. It's, I think it would have to know, based on how forward, how far forward you're leaning, how fast to go. So that's where I think that's the easiest way to do it is based on your angle. But then you got to be comfortable standing at that angle while you're going that speed. Yeah. So I think rather than it trying to bring the wheel under you, it would mostly be trying to maintain so you put it at an angle, and it just tries to keep itself at that angle. But then uh-huh. it's got to be able to make microsecond adjustments if you're going up, you know, up a hill or over a bump or, you know, uh-huh. or down a hill. Um, friends of ours uh, that have these said they had a mishap early on where they were riding down oh. a hill, and it has that runaway thing that I was telling you about. If it gets going over a certain speed, it shuts off. Oh, that so that way it doesn't good. run away. And they were going down a hill, and it got over that speed, and the thing just shut off, and he just ate it into the pavement. So he was showing where there was, like, a little bit of blacktop, like, stuck under his skin, almost like a tattoo. Oh. That's scary. So that's the thing <laughs> that I also have to worry about is, okay. how do I test this thing? Because I want to be able to objectively test this with repeatable um, variables. Because if I just stand on this thing and try to ride it, the first part of it is I'm going to have to try to learn how to ride it. But I'm going to have to try to learn how to ride a thing that is constantly changing as I develop it. So i got to come up with a good way to actually test it. Okay. why? Uh, I'm sorry. Back about the accident going downhill. Why can't they just shut off the motor so it can't go any faster but still uh, use just small amounts of the motor to keep it upright so it just coasts? Yeah, well, so that was a, a problem that got fixed, I think, probably in a software update or something. I think Can you imagine was, if they fixed it just because of them? Yeah, they, they were well, <laughs> yeah, well, they, they would. Um, I think the thing is it just shut off the electricity, and so then the motor becomes a um, like a generator, and so it creates resistance because it's a magnetic, mm-hmm. you know, copper coils spinning through magnetic fields so that's why the the wheel would have slowed down so that brings up another idea of uh, i think it's called regenerative regenerative braking so you've got a battery in there and oh, you know, a motor yeah. and a generator are basically the same thing so if you're like uh-huh. coasting down a hill it could use that that you know free energy so to speak it's not actually free energy but you know that that excess energy to mm-hmm. start recharging your battery yes Yes. So then I got to yes. learn about programming this thing to work, but then also programming it to allow charging of the battery without blowing the battery up, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's super interesting because 
with uh like we have those electrically assisted bikes told mm. you about mm-hmm. basically bikes with motors on them and a battery uh yeah because they don't do that they don't offer they don't charge when you coast and there's a lot of times that you can coast mm. uh it's really interesting because i think it's because of the weight uh they're like 65 pounds a piece i think without a rider so they're significantly heavier than a regular bicycle and I've found that I think that extra weight really lets them coast a lot. Uh, so it's you, you can coast farther going downhill, it seems to me at least. Uh, but you can't coast as far, or but it's 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 a you know you can't coast at all uphill. But it's a lot it's a lot more work to go straight and level or uphill if you don't have the motors on. But anyway, mm-hmm. that said, I think it would be perfect to take advantage of that coasting and be able to use the motor as a generator and charge the batteries. I guess, I mean, when we're talking small electric scooter type, uh, you know, mobility (laughs) transportation devices, I mean, the farther you can go, like that's kind of like a big selling Mm -hmm. point right there. Mm -hmm. So it's like, also one thing I just thought of, uh, again, about the runaway th- issue, uh, when you build yours, just add feet sensors so that it actually knows if 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 it detects weight to know if there's a rider on board. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sure that the uh, the newer <laughs> versions do have that. Yeah. But, yes, uh, I can't help but think about it. So, who knows? Maybe it's got some kind of weight sensor. I don't know how it does it, but um, I'm just looking up stats here on this thing. It's got a. 84 volt battery. Ooh, wow. Uh, 1,110 watt hours. Um, it says motor power, 2,200 watts sustained. 5,000 watts peak. Dude, that's S- This crazy. one says 62 miles max potential range. Oh! So I'm, I'm assuming that's if you're going, you know, straight and level the whole time with the ideal weight. I thought this was interesting. It says top speed is 31 miles an hour. And it says it's unlockable after six miles ridden. So it's like it limits you <laughs> until what? you've ridden it a certain distance and gotten to know how to use it what? so you don't just kill yourself. I mean, that's kind of like brilliant, I guess. But still, like, that's hilarious that it's unlockable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, let me, let me spend $2,000 on this new toy and then... Wait until I reach my ten miles to unlock my my full product. That could be a business. We could just buy them and get so good at riding them <laughs> that we can just ride them for six miles, unlock them, and then sell them for a high price. But just just get the motors spinning by themselves. Put them on a treadmill or something. Yeah, I think that's actually a good feature to have because I can yes, easily yeah. see it getting running away, and killing people. So his max load is two hundred sixty five pounds. Um, it's an 18 inch wheel, 48 pounds. So not light. Yeah. But still like, I can't get over the fact that this is like no bigger than a very small suitcase or like maybe a, like a a computer bag type. I mean, it's, it's still amazing. Three inch wide tire. Um, okay. So how do I justify to myself buying one of these? (laughs) If I keep it in my car in case of breakdowns, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to be of much help here. Hmm. Uh, I think you should sell your car and you drive this to work every day. There you go. I and mean, it's only 11 miles to work. So I'm, <gasps> the, uh, I'm wait, in good really? shape. That's actually, <gasps> I it mean, says 60, 62 miles max is what this says. Um, how how fast we said thirty one so yeah how 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 far away you said ten miles eleven miles eleven miles so what twenty minutes you can afford a twenty minute drive if you're riding a one wheel mm-hmm. <laughs> there we go the Justified. snow and ice of Wisconsin yeah <laughs> yeah can uh, does that come with snow tires please <laughs> yeah can I get snow chains with that. <laughs> Uh, does it have a four-wheel drive option? Uh, n- no, sir. It's it's only one wheel to begin with. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so that's uh that's a project I'd like to do at some point and your balancing robot is what got me thinking about it again. Other than that, what I've been working on lately, I uh, finally got my motor from my lathe. Uh it originally had a three-phase motor. Mm-hmm. Um whereas standard house current and standard 240 is only single phase. Mm-hmm. So there are converters you can get. There are three different kinds that I'm aware of. There's a digital one that's supposed to be super efficient. There's a static converter. And then there's another kind that I'm forgetting the name of right now. Um, oh, I think it's a rotary phase converter. Which they all have varying degrees of efficiency. They're all rather expensive. Uh, it was much cheaper to just replace the motor with a... Uh, single phase equivalent um so i think the the converters are around fifteen hundred dollars whereas this motor cost me like 160 oh yeah so it had a uh it originally had a now i believe three phase is more convenient if you're going to be running heavy stuff for a long time i'm going to be using this so infrequently that it doesn't really matter um it had a three-quarter horse motor on it couldn't really find anything a horse or under that was really any cheaper than this two horse that I got. So I uh, upped the horsepower considerably. So I'll just have to be careful and make sure I don't break components because the motor <laughs> stays strong. Uh, the motor was mounted underneath. It's got a, a really nice adjusting system. The motor actually turns via a V-belt a jack shaft that then runs a flat belt to turn the actual lathe spindle. Okay. Um, and then that's all underneath the headstock of the lathe. Problem is, this was all like assembled before the lathe was put together, so you really couldn't get at all of the mounting screws for the oh, bolts that's, for the that's motor. Annoying. Yeah, so I ended up having to take an angle grinder with a cutoff wheel and cut a hole in the back of the housing. It's like crazy heavy metal i mean it's a lathe so it's got to be heavy so it doesn't try to walk around on you when you got it on something Mm -hmm. that's unevenly balanced and uh it was like quarter inch steel is what this frame is really yeah so wow it was was a bit of grinding to get through (laughs) and then i didn't make the hole big enough so i and or low enough i should say so i had to cut another chunk out of it but yeah got that all done um you know, now that I'm thinking of it, quarter inch seems too thick. It must have been eighth inch, but still, that's pretty thick metal. Um, yeah, so I was finally able to get the screws from the back, and thankfully, because I didn't find any measurements on the mounting holes on the motor I was buying, mm-hmm. so I just had to trust that they were going to be a standard size, <laughs> and thankfully, everything lined up, and I didn't have to drill any new holes. The nice. uh, the holes are slots, so you can slide it back and forth and adjust the position. Okay, and yeah. And I just ended up cutting out the one side, so they're more of a U, so that I all I have to do is loosen the bolts in the back and then just lift the motor and slide it up into place. Because trying to hold the motor up in place and then put the bolts in at the same time <laughs> at that odd angle, there was no way it was going to work without having like a jack inside to hold it up. So just made a, a nice little improvement there. Um and then the motor I got, for some reason, spins twice as fast as the original motor. So I ended up going through my pulley collection, and I found a V-belt pulley that was half the size of the original. So that will half the speed. So it should uh, should be controllable. Uh, or should be I should be able to run the lathe slow enough with the gearing that I have. Man. And that there shouldn't be any issues. How convenient to just have a pulley collection. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I've, I've uh, taken them off of motors over the years. I was at an auction once where I got a bucket with a couple of pulleys, probably 10 pulleys in it, and so I just have a box of uh, V-Belt pulleys. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I was I was intentional about creating that collection. Yeah. I do have some V-Belts as well, but unfortunately they're all really long ones, and I don't think any of them are as heavy-duty as this one. Um, so I'm going to actually have to go buy a new belt because with the new smaller pulley, the belt I have is too big and it doesn't, the motor doesn't adjust far enough to take up all the slack. Hmm. I went into the auto parts store and they said they could order one, but, uh, it wasn't going to be there till tomorrow and I got to work tomorrow, so I can't stop in and pick it up. So I'll probably stop in on Friday and, and order one. 
So, yeah, and the other thing, too, is not knowing the length of my current belt. I think it's, like, a 40-inch, and I need to get, like, a 40... Um, no, well, let's see. I think it's a 41-inch. I'm sorry. So I think, like, a 40... No, maybe. The, the point is, I, I'm not exactly sure what <laughs> length it is. But anyway, the point is, I need to get one that's, like, an inch or two shorter. But it's hard okay. to gauge that, not being able to look at the actual machine while I'm at the auto parts store, so yeah, yeah, I just had to just had to hold it up and compare it and see uh, see what it looks like. Nice. Yep. So other than that, uh, I've got a. I'm replacing the lead screw in the cross slide, and uh, it's seven sixteenths half Acme thread, which is different than your standard thread. It the uh, the peaks and valleys of the uh, thread are flat, and so I think it's just really? like, it's a beefier, more substantial thread. I think okay. is why they do that. Yeah, because um, they're going to be wearing, they're going to be driving back and forth constantly, or or very often. So if you had those sharp points, they'd wear out very quickly. So they're just made a little beefier. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it's so it's seven sixteenths half. So that's I'm sorry, seven sixteenths ten getting my measurements mixed up here so that means that it's 7 16th diameter and there's 10 threads per inch turns out nobody except nobody makes 7 16th 10 threads anymore so i had to buy half 10 which is not compatible with uh the way the lathe is set up so there's a little bushing that i'm gonna have to which will probably be my first lathe project is making a new bushing <laughs> so i was I'm, gonna ask <laughs> Yeah, and and this is not something that has to be replaced the cro- the lead screw and nut, but it's so worn out that it's got uh, over a half a turn of backlash in the dial, which means you can Ooh. turn the knob over a half a turn and the cross slide doesn't even move because it's trying to take up that that wear in the screw. Uh huh. So yeah, I'm making parts to fix the machine that makes parts. So I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I really have to think about my order of operations here. Uh-huh. So I'm going to have to use the old worn-out screw to make a couple of parts, and then i got to chop off the new screw. Actually, what i got to do is i got to make this bushing. Then i got to cut down the new lead screw so it's got the right diameter to mate up with the parts for the old lead screw. And then i got to chop off the old lead screw and use my tailstock, since my, uh, my cross slide will be out of commission at that point, use the tailstock to drill into the main straight part i guess of the of the old lead screw uh, where i'm chopping okay. it off so the new lead screw can go into that hole and then i'll braze it probably with silver solder and put a, a spacing on there a spacer on there to fit in with the new cuz the i'm going to have to build a, build that uh, flat spot up so that it's at least half inch so then that'll fit in my new bushing that I'm making. This has gotten slightly hard to follow, but I'm glad to see you're confident in your plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I have to really think through my order of operations, which is, you know, something you got to do with every project, but especially machining projects, especially when you're using the machine to make parts for itself. <laughs> and then I just yeah. have to machine down the... Um, the the nut that came with the lead screw is brass, just like the old one, except this is not obviously built for the lathe. It's just a nut that goes on it, and it had a flange. Mm-hmm. Um, it's similar to the lead screws you'd find in 3D printers, actually. Those probably have Acme threads as well. Okay. Um, so it's a nut, a long brass nut with a flange on it. So I had to cut the flange off with a hacksaw, and then I'll put it in the lathe and turn it so that it's round, and then braise it to the old bolts body because that bolt has to or the old the old nut bolts to the cross slide to anchor it so i have to braise that to my new nut so it's it's all very complicated and i mean it's not terribly complicated it's just a lot of little things i have to do i got to get the the new diameter uh-huh. correct or the the center of the new hole correct because it'll be a different distance from the edge so yeah, lots lots to do there. At some point, I'll probably end up having to clamp my 
cross slide in place with like a C clamp or something so that I can oh, no. try. I, like I'll just have to get it to the right position and clamp it in place because I won't have a lead screw to keep it in place, uh-huh. so that I can turn the surface on my new lead screw. Wow, crazy! It's a uh, it's it's lathe inception, <laughs> the lathe yeah. building itself, pretty much. So. That is quite the project. Hey, you know what? I I think you should start a YouTube channel on that. Yeah, I I thought about that once. <laughs> it didn't really go anywhere. I started filming some stuff, but it's just it takes twice as long when you got to film stuff. Along, yeah, it along does. It. You know, I I thought about with some of my recent projects that I wanted to start a YouTube channel, and but then it's just like. <laughs> You you have to move the camera so many times to get all the different angles, and there's always a big tripod taking up precious walking space, and it's so mm. easy to trip on, and just there's so many so many downsides really that uh, I haven't done anything about it. Yeah, and then you got to worry about spraying like uh, abrasives at your camera when you're grinding, yeah. or welding spatter getting in your camera. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, yes. maybe we'll stick to what we're good at and just keep podcasting away then. Yes, yes. Couldn't do a YouTube channel, so we started a podcast. Yep. <laughs> that's how it goes. I think that's, uh, that's all I got to talk about. You got anything else? I think that's it for me. Maybe next uh, next episode I'll actually have some progress on my projects instead of just new ones that I'll never have time to <laughs> complete. Yeah, I feel like the last couple of episodes have all been project updates, so we should probably start. Although that's kind of what we started the podcast to be about, just our new projects. But we should try to pick an interesting topic to discuss uh, one of these days. Yeah, one of these days we'll we'll actually study up and research a good topic. Yep, so that's all I got. Um, As always... You can send us an email at uh, enthusiasticwitter at gmail.com. And support our Patreon. (laughs) Yeah, we're still just as desperate as ever for emails from uh, fans. Um, Yeah, and and until we actually get an email, uh, we got the one from Isaac, but, you know, we'd like to get a couple more than just one uh, before we actually get our own Patreon (laughs) paid. Well, Apparently, there's a way. So we host the podcast through Anchor, which we discussed in an early episode. Um, apparently, there is a way to support the podcast through Anchor. Um, mm. There's another podcast I listen to that also uses Anchor, and they talk about that. I don't think it's set up to accept money, but you can try to throw money at us if you want to. <laughs> um, and, the, and then write us a message if you, if you couldn't successfully throw the money at us. Yeah, there you go. You could send us an email (laughs) and throw money at us or just send us an email telling us you tried to throw money at us. Anyway, I think there's also a feature where you can leave a voice message for us on Anchor, but I have not a clue how to do that, so maybe that's something that we should look up at some point. Wow, that would be pretty cool, playing like actual listener questions recorded by the listeners. Mm -hmm. We'd feel so professional and and like real podcasters. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we should figure that out. All right, that'll be your task for this next week, along with editing this episode. (laughs) Wait, Wait a second. All right, well, thanks for listening.